0: But we need some parents who will help those kids stay in the game. Let me give you some three or four principles. Number one is recognize the possibility. We read in our text in Galatians 2, 8 through 14, a situation that arose of hypocrisy that Peter was demonstrating. He was trying to live like a Jew and telling all the Jews they had to live like Jews. But on the other hand, he was trying to keep one foot in the side where the Gentiles are. And my uh, preacher friend, uh, Tony Evans, down in Dallas at Oak Cliff Bible Church, black preacher, Tony was telling this story, as only uh, Tony can tell it. And Tony was telling this story how Peter was in uh, with the uh, Jews and uh, telling them that they must be Jews. And then as he left the meeting, he grabbed a pork chop and was rounding in the corner of the house only to have Peter, uh, Paul meet him and Call him a hypocrite. But just having that pork chop in his hand was a a step out of bounds for that Jew. But you know, Peter struck out. Let me give you some examples. He walked on water with an amazing display of faith. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. He made that great confession, but moments later, Jesus rebuked him. And he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. In Matthew 19, Peter expresses his selfish desire to be rewarded for following Christ and he does so by asking, what's in it for me? When he says, what do we get? What do we get? Failing to recognize the significance of the crucifixion, Peter attacks the arresting army and he cuts off Malchus's ear. Another situation, he denied Christ three times after boasting that he would never deny Christ. After the resurrection, Peter returned to his fishing business, and only after a miraculous encounter with Jesus, the risen Lord, did Peter commit to becoming a fisher of men. Fast forward to Acts chapter 10, it describes three divine visions that are sent by God to correct Peter's terrible racism and prejudice because he was an apostle didn't make him perfect because you and I are believers in Christ doesn't make us perfect we're all works in progress can we get a hearty amen, amen. works in progress the application that we must make from Peter's life is to recognize the possibility of failure and work to prevent it we must guard against ungodly pride at least to failure Proverbs 16 18 warns that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall if the great apostle Peter could strike out so can we one of the quickest ways to drive a wedge between a parent and a child is to create an environment where the standard of perfection quenches the joy of life we must strive for excellence but perfection is an unrealistic expectation Our children will make mistakes, and so will parents. Many parents place unnecessary academic, athletic, or social demands upon their children to perform with perfection. Some parents fail to recognize the destructive message they communicate to their children, which is, parental love is conditional upon the acceptable performance. Children need to know they are loved even when they strike out. I still sit in amazement of parents who will send their children on spring break trips knowing full well what goes on on those spring break trips. The tragedy of some of those trips is their children don't come back home. We were barraged with that put in front of us. But the drinking and the sex and the total dis- debauchery of life. And parents saying, I know it goes on. I support what they're doing. Somebody needs to pray for that parent, don't they? I'm not advocating mediocrity. I'm not advocating accepting failure is an acceptable standard but i am suggesting that one of the first lessons of helping your child not to strike out in life is to understand that in the course of a season your child will strike out a few times a perfectionist mindset produces unhealthy pressure in children and it can also produce unhealthy blindness in those parents been in vocational ministry now for 30 years 31 years and I never cease to be amazed at how many parents strive to create that perfect child and worse believe that their child is perfect these are the parents who think that the nursery worker must be lying because my perfect little Susie would never bite a child they would never take a toy from another child that blindness can reach destructive levels especially when that child moves into the teen years if parents falsely believe that perfect Susie is exempt from the temptations and failures that threaten every teenager I pray every Tuesday with Coach Trimble well almost every Tuesday and it seems like every time we pray there's a list of young people young men involved in that football program who are making incredibly stupid decisions and I think where are the parents in these children's lives And when I inquire, most of them are single-parent children. And most, by a mom that's doing the best she can, but needs the firm hand of a dad who can pray with his child. Dads, learn how to pray with your children as you take them somewhere away from screaming distance. So that no one can believe you're killing your child as you're praying with them I learned a wonderful trick for our boys I used to be able just to grab right above their knee on each side where the pressure points are on that joint and squeeze and it worked wonderful in fact Mark so much so Mark claimed that when he tore his ACL in his knee it was due to my pressure squeezing that created a weakness in that joint I said, it ain't working, pal. But you know, parents, be careful. Don't be blinded by the fact that your precious little baby, your, your, your angel could not be hell on wheels. Because they can be. Now, I'm not saying take the side of the other people who accuse your kid of doing something. Parents will always stand with their children, and they should. Amen? but don't be so naive as to believe that your little angel won't do anything wrong I remember in youth ministry years and years ago we had a young man smoking marijuana at his home we had a summer intern living in that home and he came and talked to me about it and I said well I was, I was pretty naive and young and I thought you'd just go and tell the parents hey I think your kid's doing this and you ought to check into it little did I know that you don't do that especially to a parent who doesn't believe that their child does anything wrong and so some some drug addictions later some drug addictions later that child finally decided to get help in their early twenties but don't, don't believe in a minute that your, your kiddos beyond the temptations and failures that threaten every Second principle I would want you to know is to recruit partners. Understand that strikeouts and errors are possible. You can take steps to minimize that. Professional baseball players report to spring training every year for a time of intensive hitting and fielding in the basics. They do it every year. Because during the season they continue to take batting and fielding practice. But they're highly paid professionals. And I mean highly paid. Professionals. They should not need to practice the basics of hitting and running and catching and throwing. They shouldn't need that, should they? But they do it because they know. And you've watched them. I watched just yesterday a highlight of A-Rod, New York Yankees. Where's he playing? Third base now? He gets a ball. The guy runs for home. He doesn't know whether to throw home or throw to first, so he decides to throw to first, and he overthrows the first base. Letting the guy get to second base this guy's making 25 million dollars every time he hits the ball she go out of the park every time he touches the ball he should throw it out every time he runs a base he should be safe <laughs> 25 million doesn't cut it does it but you has got to re- recruit partners to help you be successful as a parent the Bible contains several passages about that in Proverbs 22 6 it says the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy isn't that a powerful statement? Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says that friends sharpen our lives like iron sharpens iron. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 declares that friends bless our lives by picking us up when we fall. Oh, pity the man doesn't have any friends. <laughs> in our text in Galatians, it reveals that Peter was fortunate to have a friend like Paul. This experience described in Galatians as definitely the wound of a friend. Several people supported Peter's racist hypocrisy. They provided kisses from an enemy. Wise parents guide their children to develop healthy relationships. One youth pastor once said, Hungry men want to know if there is food in heaven, but children, especially teenagers, all they want to know is if their friends are going to be in heaven. They'll go without food to hang out with their friends. Something happens magical in their hearts and in their minds at 13. They don't even know who parents are anymore. When you say, where are you going to go? Why don't you trust me? How long are you going to be out? Just a while. Who's going to be there? Friends. When are you going to be home? Oh, mother. Whose house are you going to? Copping that attitude, flipping that hair. I think I hit a nerve (laughs) and I love it because teenagers will always say I will never treat my kids this way (laughs) then they become one that is a parent (laughs) oh and they're worse oh they're worse I mean, they talk about straight jackets. They talk about locking them in a room, never going to see daylight. I still, say, I still say Mark Twain had it. Put them in a barrel, seal it up, feed them through the knot hole, and at 16, plug the knot hole. I just, there's, some merit, there's some merit. But what would have happened to Peter if Jesus, John, and Paul had not been his friends? Our world is full of enemies who will seek to seduce our children with kisses. Enemies will attempt to convince your child that parental guidance is is unnecessary, that church attendance is a waste of time, that the material pursuits or personal pleasures are much more important things in life. Keep your child in church, parents. Lead them to participate in church and ministry activities where they can establish godly friendships. Peter needed great friends and so does your child and so do you. That's why it's important that not only your kids are at church, but you're at church with them. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hello? I need a little louder. I mean really loud. How about a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Okay, throw your hands up (laughs) this time. Glory to God. Let's get a glory to God. Here we go, ready? See, you're feeling better about this all the time. Come on now. I know Christian church won't go halfway. Have some fun, folks. Just take it easy. But you know, we need to recruit partners. Third principle in one word, repent. Repent. You might say it's too late. My kid's off the deep end. It's never too late. It's never too late to get it corrected and gone the right way. Well, my kid won't come. Okay. If your kid won't come, then yeah, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. But then, as they get to be 18 years old, there's a whole new set of problems that they get to face. And you can beat yourself up all you want to about it. And you can look back and say, man, I shoulda, 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 woulda, coulda. But if you've got younger siblings, then by golly, you better get busy getting that one right. But do everything you can to love that child that's out of control. Do everything you can to help them. But the first line of that help is repentance. As in baseball, as in other sports, rules must be obeyed. Penalties are assessed, points are denied, outs are made. And like that wonderful song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, uh, it declares for its one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Yeah! Got a chance to go to a Cubs game one year. Wow. The old organ starts playing, and they all start singing this song. How fun. You know, that's really true in life, isn't it? We've used terms, errors, and strikeouts to refer to mistakes, bad choices, poor decisions, but repentance requires acknowledging the mistake. That's the first line, is it not? You've got to stop and realize you made a mistake. And if you're honest with yourself, you know how effective we are at covering up our mistakes or justifying our mistakes. It's easy to look at kids that are making bad choices and say, well, they're products of their environment. What environment? Your environment. Well, I didn't ask them enough where they're going. Be all over them. Be all over them. They're going to hate you. They'll say that they'll hate you. They'll say that all that stuff, but they don't. inside. them They're grateful that you care enough to even know where they're at. Oh, I know. And I've told you before, ask your young person to let you view their Facebook page. And if they say, well, no, I don't want you to look at that. There's a reason. And these young people up here go, man, why don't he shut up up there? What you putting on there, you're not supposed to put on there. Employers, you know that employers go to MySpace and Facebook and take a look at those to see what kind of character they're wanting to hire? Yeah. I've seen some. These are young people that purport to be Bible kids. I mean, boy, they're leading Bible studies. They're into the, ay aye, ay, 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 Only to show them with their bottles of Jack Daniels in their hands going, hey, you know. Yeah, what, they witnessing to Jack and to Daniel or what's going on? They look like they're doing a lot of witnessing over there, you know. Got the little cup, plastic cup that's colored. <laughs> I guess it's water in there as, as they're witnessing to Jack. Yeah, I fell off a turnip, turnip truck a couple of times second part of repentance is turning away from the sin toward the Savior. Acknowledge it and then turn away from it. So parents, you have to put some tough love in there and start to work it back toward where that child needs to go. Errors and strikeouts are part of the game. But refusing to correct those mistakes is foolish and worse, it's dangerous. Ephesians chapter 4 describes the failure to deal with sin as giving Satan a stronghold, a foothold in your life. Almighty God has promised to cleanse, forgive, and restore those who confess and repent of sin. Repentance allows you to remove unnecessary baggage from your life. It frees you to swing at the fences again. I've seen it happen. I've seen young people restored in a love relationship in that home. I've seen kids that were going down the the wrong path. And I've seen parents make the changes and the child is able to come back under that control. Why do we have Cooks and Hills Christian ministry? It's because we've got parents that are out of control and we've got kids that are out of control and they can't talk to each other. But they're put in a family environment so they learn how to function within a family structure at Cooks and Hills. And then they have to train the parents how to treat them when they come back home. And that's a tough deal, folks. It's tough. But it can be done through the power of the Lord. Amen. Fourth principle, the last one, return to service. Peter trips, he falls several times, but he never stopped following Christ. He was knocked down but never out. He would bounce back from from the rebukes that he would receive and he would go on to make incredible contributions to the kingdom of God. Ultimately, Peter gave his life as a martyr for Christ while preaching the gospel to Jews and Gentiles in Rome And we can learn another valuable lesson from this great apostle. No matter how many times we fail, God is willing and able to restore us to effective service. We must teach our children that striking out is not the end of the world. I had the privilege to preach at Dallas Christian College a couple of weeks ago. And the only F I've ever received in school was in college. And it came from Professor Kara Snyder, who taught English, and she gave me a bold, biggest bold red circled F I've ever seen on a paper Anytime, time. It was a magnificently written paper full of theology and just oozed with information to which she said, you plagiarized all of it. And I said, okay, I'm from Wichita Falls. phones. What does plagiarized mean? <laughs> well, I learned. And you know what? She was in the, in the audience the other day when I preached 31 years ago. I was her student. And she came up after the service, and she hugged me, and she said, what a wonderful job. And she said, and I'm so proud of you for giving credit to where you got all of your information. <laughs> I have an A stamped on my chest, boom, right there. <laughs> Took 31 years, but I was ready. Hallelujah. Because you see, you can fall down, you can strike out, but that doesn't mean you're out of the game. Consider some of these examples. When Richard Nixon died in 1994, it was a time of mixed emotions for our nation. Many despised him because of Watergate, but one enduring truth prevailed, and Henry Kissinger spoke at his funeral. He said, He achieved greatly and suffered deeply, but he never gave up. A man is not finished when he is defeated, he's finished only when he gives up. George Washington lost two thirds of the battles. Of the Revolutionary War George Frederick Handel was sick destitute and broke when he composed the wonderful Messiah Henry Ford failed and went broke five times in fact the very first Ford car that he built was a huge mistake Henry Ford forgot to install a reverse gear Thomas Monaghan failed in two restaurant ventures and in 1971, with a debt of $1.5 million that he could not pay, he started the nation's first home delivery pizza restaurant. And today, Domino's Pizza is one of the most successful businesses in the world. Theodore Geisel, children, he wrote children's books, and it was rejected by 23 publishers. But on the 24th publisher, they took a chance on the man with a funny name who wrote strange but simple books. Theodore is better known as Dr. Seuss, author of The Cat in the Hat and the Green Eggs and Ham. Richard Hooker had his first book rejected and criticized by 21 publishers who said a comedy about the Korean War was absurd and offensive, and offensive. Well, on the 22nd attempt, Morrow Publisher signed Mr. Hooker to a contract. and The book was made into a movie and a TV show, and Richard Hooker's M.A.S.H., became a smash because he never quit after 21 strikeouts. Babe Ruth, known as the Home Run King, because of his 714 home runs, also led the league in 1,330 strikeouts. (laughs) There's an assisted living nursing home in Royston, Georgia. Royston is the hometown of baseball legend Ty Cobb. The Ty Cobb Museum is located next door to that nursing home. Ty Cobb is famous for his accomplishments and for the tenacity with which he played that game in the game of baseball, but I will always admire him as I read this story of his incredible generosity. This medical facility caring for the elderly in the Royston Hospital, which provides excellent care, were, they were established with funds provided by Ty Cobb history is clear about some of the bad decisions that Ty Cobb made during his life but he overcame life's errors to leave a legacy of helping the sick secure medical care and encouraging students to pursue higher education through numerous scholarships Ty Cobb was unquestionably the best player of his era and some baseball historians believe that Ty Cobb was the best player of all time he led the majors in hits Batting average, runs scored, stolen bases. Cobb stole home a record 55 times in his career. In 1915, he led the league with 96 stolen bases, but he was thrown out 58 times. Another base stealer named Max Carey stole 51 bases in 53 attempts. Ty Cobb failed more times than his closest competitor even attempted. Whether he struck out or was thrown out, Ty Cobb kept on swinging and he kept on running. And I I also learned as I read this story that at the museum that the greatest baseball player had been cut from his first professional team because the coach did not believe Ty Cobb had the potential to be a pro baseball player. As the worship team comes to help me close, parents, I want you to hear me. You can build a field of dreams by encouraging your children to get up after they're knocked down. To keep swinging after they strike out. To keep dreaming after having a nightmare. Strikeouts and errors are just temporary setbacks for those who trust a loving and gracious God who sent His only Son To choose you to be on his team. Oh, Father, this morning, would you move among us and be real to us? Father, would you perform in each of us a mighty miracle? Father, would you help each of us to realize and to understand that at the very basis of every strikeout is the potential for a home run? And it's not getting knocked down that's the problem, it's staying down that's the problem. Father, I am living proof in, the, in front of these folks, my church family, of a preacher that knows what it means to be knocked down. But Father, I'm also living proof of what it means to get up and to find victory again in your life. So Father, I pray today that if there's a parent in this room who's struggling with the raising of a child or several children that you will reassure them of your presence you will reassure them of your love you will reassure them of your assistance in their life and father they may be at wit's end and have no idea what to do there's help for them if they will but reach out and and call father for young people that are sitting in this room who maybe are at odds with their parents who feel their parents are invading their space who feel their parents are too nosy, who feel their parents uh, are overly protective, are too strict. Father, would you reassure them that it's because their parents love them so much and their parents do not want to see them suffer strikeouts, that they act the way they act. Father there is too much temptation we fight a formidable foe in Satan and he wants nothing better than to sideline parents and children as they walk and grow in you Father today whatever might be on the heart of a young person, an adult, a parent in this room if they need repentance if they need encouragement whatever it is they need would you move in them In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing our hymn of